it's time for Cofield and Company, live from Circa Resort and Casino, only on ESPN Las Vegas. Back here at Stadium Swim, Cofield and Company, as we sit outside a little bit. We're inside the cabana. It's a rough life on Cofield and Company doing shows at a place like Stadium Swim. Sorry, Devon, there'll be a day when you're out here with us. I, 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 I hope. Um, so we got NBA up on the screen here. The Biggie, 143 feet. We got Phoenix and Dallas as Dallas uh, going towards the end of the first. No Luka. 32-31. We got college basketball up on the screens as well. Uh, VGK um, coming up in just a little bit. So I think they will they probably they usually clear this place out around 738 o'clock so you're gonna want to if you're coming down to Circa Las Vegas you're gonna watch uh, going to want to watch at Circa Sports. Uh, by the way, the viewing party will go down here next Saturday. They do a series of viewing parties with the Knights out of town. so that's a Saturday game in Buffalo, which would be cool. Prizes, pyrotechnics, as Mike Palm pointed out to us earlier. They've had that around for a little bit. Uh, the Super Bowl party they had here, they were shooting flames out of the top of the, the big screens, which is totally incredible. So game tonight, you got the Leafs in town. That'll be over on Fox Sports Las Vegas as the uh, lead-up to the game is, is on now on uh, 98.9 and, and 1340. Now, Damon, we thought, we hoped, if you're a Knights fan, and I like the Knights to win because it gives us something good to talk about, you hope that they would get healthy here down the stretch. And now Mark Stone goes down, and it's one of those hockey deals, Damon, where we don't really know when he's going to come back. I guess there's basically three <laughs> denominations of an injury, day-to-day, week-to-week, and we don't know when the hell he's coming back, but... Uh, it sounds pretty serious for Mark Stone. They said it's not his back, but doesn't sound good. Not his back, but it is upper body, Steven. You know when I saw the tweets, the, the haters came out last night, and it's they're just doing this to try to circumvent the salary cap because in hockey, if a player is out, you can sign someone for you know that, that amount of salary. Oh, and then they're, once they're the doing more start, circumvention, huh? Yeah, okay. a little circumvention where it would – it first came to my eye with the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years ago when they went back-to-back, and I was thinking, they're cheating. Tampa Bay is obviously cheating with Stamkos. <laughs> but then when people pointed out about the Knights, Sims, hey, man, they just know what they're doing. It's the rules, man. Yes, but I don't think that's the case here. I, no, I, I think, do, I think yes, this is legit. Hurt. Yes, he's hurt. Yeah. But the I, do like, I do like the different standards, though, when it's your team and when it's out of town and they're succeeding very highly. Um, it was like... Me talking about tracking fouls last hour with uh, Jane Ledee of San Diego State. Uh, believe me, if Rob Whaley was just annihilating people and playing 33 minutes a game, was averaging like 1.1 fouls per game, most of this market would be like, hey, man, he's just smart. He just he <laughs> understands how not to foul. Knows how to play the game. Actually, we would do what the San Diego market does because they're even worse. Again, Jaden Ledee, their best player, is 6'9", 260. He averages 2.1 fouls a game, which is an incredible number. Their fans are actually to the point where they're like, they didn't call enough fouls against the other team when, when Jaden was getting hit. Like, all right, guys, how, how much do you want here? 
your standards are getting a little little crazy. So, Damon, do you consider yourself somewhat of an expert when you're listening to radio or watching TV and we're talking about sports or if you go out to a venue and you hear the public address announcer and you're like, eh, you know, I might have to go over and, and give this fella some advice. Like Marcus Pfaff is the uh, new voice in arena at the Thomas and Mac. If you're at a game, would you be like, eh, Marcus, I don't know, man. I keep those thoughts to myself, but I have them constantly. I'm going to give you some tips. I wish. But well, I you know, it, you know, Matt Barnes has been doing some TV and, and some podcasting, and uh, apparently now he's an expert. We, we never really hit the story. Oh, man, we got, we got Clippers Nation. <laughs> they heard yelling, Matt Barnes. Yelling as they walk. Is that what he heard? Yeah. Uh, yes. Matt Barnes, uh, Clipper Nation, baby, yeah. <laughs> So Matt Barnes has had a he's he's uh, dipped like his baby you know his, his uh, small toe, his baby toe, into the uh, broadcasting pool. He's also at times legitimately crazy, and that combination didn't work out well a couple weeks ago for a young man at a high school basketball game, did it? No, it didn't. And this is one of Matt Barnes's kids, but it's it stems from Matt Barnes not liking what he said. But this is the part where you mentioned the crazy with Matt Barnes. The kid told him, according to Matt Barnes, this is what he said to Levitard, the kid basically said, sit your A down. Sit your ass down. So Matt Barnes, not going to take that from some teenager. How old was the kid? I think he was also, uh, like, it was a student broadcast. Like 17? So, yeah, let's say 17. Now, you, you said his kid. Well, that's You're not saying his child. Well, no, it wasn't his kid, but I mean his kid's game. He's got two twins that oh, are good high school basketball. Oh, his kid's game. Yeah, his, his, his two twin boys, they're good high school basketball players. I mean, is that uh, – do we know what Matt Barnes said? No, I mean, I'm, try, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put you on the spot when you he, tell no, me no, that – He threatened that a kid, to slap the blank out of him. And the kid responded to a 6'8", 40-something? Is he that no, old? No, no, no. 40-something? He's, he's telling Matt Barnes, hey, sit down. You know Matt Barnes getting invested in the game. Right. And he's telling Matt Barnes to sit down, you know, sit your ass down. And then Matt Barnes is, hey, kid, I will slap the bleep out of you. Okay. So. <laughs> and now, mysteriously, I'm sure unrelated, Matt Barnes has now lost his job with uh, the local area broadcast carrier. Yes, well, with the uh, NBC Sports in Sacramento. Okay. He, he did the uh, pre- and post-game for the Kings. Right. And he has lost his. But Matt Barnes, he said, you know, he didn't put his hands on the kid or anything. It was a back and forth. And it, it maybe it's a little did you, bit of, did you did you tell a seventeen year old you were gonna slap him? Allegedly. Then that's enough. I mean you don't find this outrageous? No, because of who it is. Well, no, no. We know for him it's not outrageous. But if my kid's at a game, I, I first of all, I don't even why is I mean, this is kind of proof. Matt Barnes shouldn't really be around people. Wasn't there a whole thing with his ex and Derek Fisher? Yes, and he drove over 100 miles just to go beat up Derek Fisher. Yes. But, Steve, I will say this. I was listening to Carmelo Anthony's podcast, and he was saying – it was joking. You know, his son was, you know, you know, clowning his fit a little bit. And, it, and then the co-host, Miro, was saying, I mean, these kids, they just don't have respect anymore. And Carm- Carmelo Anthony's like, yeah, the, the sir factor – when kids meet you, you know, let's say his teammates' friends or whatever, they're they're not doing that anymore. They're looking at former players and adults. 
almost as if they're peers. And I think this is this is proof of that. I'm not saying that kids are just bleeping off adults every time they see them. But that respect level of, hey, if I get out of line with Matt Barnes, he might mess me up. The fear of adults isn't there anymore with kids. And I'm not trying to sound like back in my day. But I do think that's true for a 17-year-old. He's not thinking of the repercussions if I'm, like, jawing back and forth with Matt Barnes. Well, I mean, if he's really thinking about the repercussions, he's like, go ahead and hit me. I'll, I'll take the payday, sir. And see, and that's I don't, the thing. I don't, that I don't, think, I don't think he's thinking that way, but yeah. you're right. If your immediate response is shut the hell up, um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm mostly pro-kids and anti-folks who act like Matt Barnes, so I don't think Matt Barnes should be the – arbiter of behaving uh in certain ways in any situation so so if it's just a dad that hey i put in a long eight hours i want to see my son's high school basketball game get out of him that's a terrible call ref and some 17 year olds like sit your a down so he said are you you more so he so he said this he said this to matt barnes on the pa addressing him across the gym no no not across the gym they were very much closer it would be in the score okay because that's a different scenario right you know right there next to him I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you did in high school, but I actually did this in high school. You were screaming at people's parents? No, I would never do that. <laughs> um, I don't know what I would have done back then. I was. I was pretty polite kid. I mean, I wasn't a pushover, um, and had a mouth on me. Uh, again, I was talking about comparing Dan Hurley and my mother, both being from Jersey City, last hour. That folks, uh, you know, in Hudson County, can get a bit, a bit mouthy. Northeast people can get a bit of mouthy. No, I'm just saying that kid. Being a public address at a high school game, I did that in high school. Like I sort of, I don't, I don't ever tell that story. And like two people ask me a year how I got into this, but that, that is something I don't mention. I actually, because I kind of forgot, uh, but I actually did that for a couple of years in the gym, calling high school basketball games. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But- so I don't, I don't, I don't know what would happen if Matt Barnes came up and threatened me. I guess I would just be quiet. I don't know. Maybe I've gotten bolder over the years. So Obviously, you've bolder over the years now that you're grown, but I just think with me, maybe this is the whole Southern thing where it's, yes, why are you talking to a grown man like this? Um, it's that, that, But I think the, there's the other side of it. If you're, if you're that kid's parent, like, why are you talking to my kid? Who are you? And then you're like, I know who you are. You're crazy. Get away from him. And I... So did, did Barnes give an explanation as to why, uh, you know, NBC Sacramento dumped him? No, he hasn't, but it, it's obviously in the result of this incident. And we're probably never going to get that side of the story unless our friend Carmichael Dave in uh, Sacramento talks to the TV side. But I'll be looking for it. It's an interesting story. And also, Derek Fisher is the coach of the kids, uh, my Barnes' kids, so they've obviously hashed it out too. Yes, uh, Derek Fisher took over a big job, and now I can't remember which job it is. Is it uh, Crespi? I think he took took over Crespi in the Valley, in California, and all boys' school. So they've hashed it out for now. Derek Fisher was just thinking, I'm glad it's not me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, kid, I've already been through this. You know what? Be polite to him. <laughs> just go he's, over and console him. He's hey, a man. scary, he's a very scary individual. It's not your fault. <laughs> all right, Damon, back to the A's because the, the news has been fast and furious. Uh, we told you about an hour and a half ago, Oakland baseball fans are having a fan fest. Not an A's fan fest. A fan fest. I'll mention this brewer one time because I'm not really interested in giving them free pops if they did what people are alleging. 
one of the sponsors of this fan fest, because we've seen online, and we've seen some media coverage of it, Oakland has a lot of baseball fans. They were just driven to pure apathy, which I think was the goal, by A's management. And then it's actually been flipped on them because even Bobby Manfred made a statement in the last six months that, well, you know, they had their chances and they just don't support, like, bro, come on. That ain't right. Yeah, when they had their reverse boycott. Yep. Oh, and, like and it was like, oh, now now they're concerned. No, now they're going to do something. Like, if they Bobby, did this for Bobby you, you, you know it's been, it's been a freaking hornet's nest for a long time. Yeah, and to put it on the fans, if they showed up like this for every game, maybe they wouldn't be in this situation. Now, would they? Yeah, that's what he said. But I can't wait until they're here and, like, he. well, he won't be around, so. But who would know? I mean, if if the next commissioner follows in his footsteps, then I'm sure he'll he'll treat fans in Vegas like Rob Manfred would. But Manfred's running into retirement in, uh, in 2029. But uh, so they had this fan fest all set. And... Something called Drake's Brewing dropped out at the last minute. It's on Saturday. They claim the A's did not pressure them. A lot of people in the market claim the A's pressured them to drop out. And by the way, they've already picked up three new sponsors because there are other other businesses in the market who were like, we love this. This is great. I'm sure they said this behind the scenes. Uh, This is great attention on social media and local TV news. So let's get involved in the controversy if this is true, what do you think when you hear something like this? That the A's, who are leaving Oakland, it's done. Except for the fact that you just came back and you're trying to negotiate a deal to get back into the stadium. If the A's did this, what do you think? That it's, I think it's, a, any publicity is good publicity when it comes to the actual brewery. But the A's, they have no goodwill in that town. So even with this event, I know you say like, oh, the baseball communities, you know, it, they're going to show up. They're going to show up and show out for it. But aren't in part you're still rep, you're still supporting the A's. I don't understand how this event helps the A's at all. I, maybe I don't understand like why they're even doing this in the first place. I know it's the city. Hey, the city, we love baseball here. They're there. They want to show Major League Baseball in spite of the fact that Manfred seems to be kind of sour on everything. And, we, and by the way, we also know this is a multi-layered. I'm going to use the word scheme because that's the best word I can come up with. This is a multi-layered scheme. Get the A's to Vegas. Show other markets that teams will move. So Chicago, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Baltimore. If you don't step up and give your team a new stadium, you could get Vegas. I, I understand that part of it. So I think the, the, the baseball fans in Oakland are trying to show – Hey, it wasn't us baseball. We love oh. we love baseball. We want a team. So we're going to show you how much we support Major League Baseball, just not John Fisher. But Major League Baseball has already said that they would be on the list for an expansion team if this were to ever go through, right? No, they have not said that. Oh, they haven't said that. No, I, the, I no, thought that was a given. No, no, no. The latest development is with this new negotiation that Oakland is attempting – to go back to the Oakland Coliseum for three years because they right now they don't have an answer that the counterproposal from Oakland would be if we let them use the Coliseum for three more years and we cut them a good deal, we want to be first on the expansion list. 
At that, but I hate that part because at that point, just stay in Oakland. If they stay for I another know. three years, why not just stay in Oakland? Damon, this is identical to Baltimore, right? Ursay, that clan, turned their back, snuck out of town with the Colts, and eventually, I want to get this right because I'm always getting confused between. Yeah, then because then Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore eventually got a team via a relocation. They robbed someone else's team, and then the Browns were the city left empty-handed, and they got an expansion team. But their expansion team, they were able to essentially get the records and keep the history yeah. of the Browns. I mean, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that here. But so, they're, but but this ownership group is never going to let them rebrand a Vegas team into something else. They, they feel like the A's brand means something. But does it? I don't think it has any connection to Las Vegas. I don't think they're... I mean, I know it's a very historical organization, but it's also an organization that if they do arrive in Vegas or somewhere else, will have moved, what, four times? They started in Philly, went to Kansas City, landed in Oakland, and now they're going to leave Oakland. Yeah, I don't think the Las Vegas A's really doesn't have that good of a ring to it. No, I don't love it. I think maybe they could garner more goodwill in the city with a new... Hey, everybody, what do you think the new name of the Las Vegas baseball team should be? Yeah. Maybe if they put it to a vote and, you know, maybe cook the votes a little They're bit. They're not going to do it. But, you know. They've already, they've already shown they have they have little respect for their fans in Oakland, and I don't think they respect the um, – I can't say it for sure, but they haven't shown a lot of respect for the potential fan base here. And that brings us back to uh, – we just had Mike Palm on last hour. This is interesting. So, clearly with uh, potential business partners around Las Vegas – People have seen the renderings of the stadium. Have they released them publicly? No. Uh, the latest update from the A side, and Howard Stutch wrote this story in The Independent, is that the A's are hoping to have renderings available to the public by the big league weekend here with the, the uh, A's are involved in March 8th and 9th. Hoping? Well, I mean, we were just told by a, a power broker business dude. Don't be distracted, among. Uh by a power broker just a business dude that he already saw the renderings i've heard from some people around a certain organization that they've seen some renderings so they have them for some reason they're holding them back and they're playing a timing game i don't understand why they're doing that which is also why i saw casey pratt who we've had on the show and i'm not saying casey is wrong here um this is an opinion and it's actually a retelling of, of something Casey Pratt said. Casey Pratt is ABC7 in San Francisco, told the Sacramento radio station that he believed if the A's don't release the LV ballpark renderings by early March, the move could be in jeopardy. So I do not believe that. Well, let's I've see heard, what happens early March then. Um, yeah, I don't think they have to show it to us. Ever. Then, then, well, I mean, they have to show it to, to us at some point, but they could slow play this for a while longer. I don't think it's – clearly they've showed it to people and they have it ready. So they have them. It's not like, oh, we just can't figure it out. And I also think the Bally's and the A's are kind of cooperating on a, hey, give us time. Because both sides have said, we're waiting for the other side to come up with their plans before we show you our plans. So it's a very weird situation. 364-1100 is our text line, 364-1100. You can react to this. And you know what? I have a feeling when I say this, we're just going to get, like, you know, a bunch of no's. 
We are going to cover this more in spite of my instincts, Damon. My instincts are most people here don't care about all of this process. They just want to wake up one day and go, okay, do we have a yes or no? When that happens, then we can react. But, like, dragging everyone along for the ride might be something that not a lot of people are interested in, in outside of hardcores. But they need to care, Steve. Well, do they? I mean, the our public servants did what they wanted without really asking any of their constituents, right? So what does it matter what we think? I mean, the only, the only way we affect change, it will only matter if people mark down, if they don't support this, they mark down every yes vote and make sure, at least in the elections that they're involved in, they vote against that person. But I don't think people will do that. Well, you got me there, Steve. It's hard to... It's easier in theory to hold politicians accountable than it actually is. Yes. Uh, three stories of glory uh, right here at Circa Las Vegas. Three stories of glory tournament viewing party is going down March 20th to the 24th, 28th to 31st, April 6th and 8th. You got multiple venues you can watch, but uh, Three Stories of Glory will be going down in Circa Sports. Three levels, as you hear. Luxury booths uh, in the Elite Circa Club with the comfortable recliners uh, over at Legends Club. So you got a lot of options that way, and they're going to provide you with just about everything you need. Obviously, the game's on massive HD screens. You got in-seat power outlets, free Wi-Fi, food and beverage packages are available, but you're going to have to book your spot. That's not a bad thing. Book your spot now, CircleLasVegas.com, for three stories of glory. It's a tournament viewing party in Circa Sports with lots of options. Book it now, CircleLasVegas.com. You got the Jordan rules, and we, we, I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. And I understand that he's not going to go so far as to say hurt him, but I'm telling you right now, if I'm Roger Goodell, I'm calling Antonio Pierce. I don't mean to be a fuddy-duddy on this, but I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to instruct my officials to be keeping a close eye on Patrick in your games because of what you said. And if I see anything I don't like, we're throwing flags on every freaking play. It's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Routes on Cofield and Company. Oh, boy. I don't think that was trolling by uh, Mike Greenberg on his show. We'll get into that end of it because I was watching that debate and uh, Kimberly Martin was trying to talk him off the ledge and I think it was a real ledge I like what Antonio Pierce said I am getting a better idea of why the players love him I'm getting a better idea of why Mark Davis really liked what he saw from Antonio Pierce and probably what was pitched to him after the season Stanford route is in Stanford how are you buddy doing pretty good guys hope you're doing well yourself we're good this is good stuff. No, no, no. This is this is really good stuff. We are good. Um, this is really good stuff from Pierce. Uh, what is wrong with saying, hey, we're going to play extra hard against the best player in the league and like the Jordan rules where, hey, you know what? They made it hard for him physically. The same goes for Mahomes in the future with us. Because the Jordan rules were created by which team? Bad Boy Pistons. The bad boy pistons back in the late 80s early 90s and it was a brand of basketball that is no longer played in 2024 correct um it's not it's not <laughs> widespread i mean it's certainly not spoken uh, come the playoffs you could see some rough times 
True, but like, but just the 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 overall the overall mindset, just the overall theme of the NBA is no longer having those types of very very hard what we always called them just common fouls. Now they're deemed as flagrant, flagrant one, flagrant two, where you're going to be kicked out of the game, things like that. So just the negative connotation that comes with Jordan rules. Bad Boy Pistons, late 80s, early 90s, the Bill Lambeers of the world, the Charles Oakleys of the world, the enforcers, those types of people. That's something that's not thought of, not thought highly of in today's brand of NBA basketball. And then especially after we had the Bounty Gate scandal with Greg Williams and the New Orleans Saints on Brett Favre way back in 2009. So Roger Goodell and, and everything Mike Greenberg was trying to allude to was simply for Roger Goodell getting in front of that before it becomes a thing. So I don't think that's exactly how Antonio Pierce meant it. You look at Antonio Pierce and his resume, think about it. Right now, a lot of people consider Pat Mahomes is the second best quarterback in of all time correct or incorrect guys correct correct or best and some people would say that if he's not this if he's the second best then they're still putting who tom brady as the best quarterback of all time well guys let's think about this antonio pierce in 2007 he won the super bowl who did they beat the 18 and 0 new england patriots led by tom brady so for antonio pierce from his mindset he is beaten the best quarterback of all time and what many perceive to be the second best quarterback of all time and what was the overall theme of both of those games they were physical they put pressure on tom brady they put pressure on pat mahomes they sacked tom brady they sacked uh pat mahomes so from antonio pierce's mindset that's where he's looking at this thing from as a player and as a coach that you have to put that quarterback on his back not illegally you got to do it legally with pressure no bounty gate no nothing like that so that's where antonio pierce is coming from but simply calling it the mahomes rules deriving from the jordan rules it brings a negative connotation to where if you want to misinterpret that it's very easy for you to be able to Stanford, I don't know if you saw the quarterback series that was on Netflix, but Patrick Mahomes was complaining about that two seasons ago. That, oh man, Max Crosby, he's going to hit me. He's going to try to get in my head. You know, he's just annoying. After every play, he's going to do a little something extra. And the Miami Dolphins, they prepared for that on Hard Knocks with Tua, where it was just, hey, you got to have to watch out for Max Crosby. I know that maybe it's a negative connotation with, you know, the Mahomes rules, but isn't that already how the Raiders play? that they're just going to try to, you know, at least with their best player, Max Crosby, that he's just going to keep getting after you even a little bit after the whistle. That may be how the Raiders want to play, but let's go ahead and ask this. Outside of Max Crosby, who has been the other all-pro or Pro Bowl level edge rusher that the Raiders have had in the last, let's say, seven, eight, nine, ten years, and I'm just ever since Khalil Macklin? Nobody. Nobody, correct? So yeah, everybody wants to put pressure on the quarterback, but you gotta have the you gotta have the dogs to do it. And the Raiders don't have a plethora of players to be able to do that consistently. Obviously, that game on Christmas Day where they were able to go ahead and pound the Kansas City Chiefs, it was their final loss of the season. They were able to get that type of pressure. They were able to get that type of play out of a multitude of players up front, but that's not something that they've been able to generate on a consistent basis ever since Khalil Mack left outside of a Max Crosby. So I definitely know that if you want to win in football, whether it's 
deep in the regular season or in the playoffs. You look at the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay a couple of years ago with the Chiefs. What did they do? They pressured Pat Mahomes. They played a lot of cover, too. They took away the deep ball. They made Pat Mahomes have to go the long, hard way. You look at the 49ers. The 49ers should have won the Super Bowl, guys. I think you and I could both agree on that. And what were they doing? They were pressuring Pat Mahomes. So it's the name of the game. It's not a secret of any sort. You want to beat the Chiefs. You want to beat the Patriots with Tom Brady. You want to beat the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers of years past. You have to pressure the quarterback. So that is no new uh, sort of development or anything like that. It's just something that is very difficult to be able to put into motion on a consistent level. Stanford, when it comes to the Raiders quarterback situation, when Luke Getze had his introductory press conference he mentioned you know he wants his quarterback to be mobile he said he doesn't have to be Justin Fields but you know he's got to be able to move a little bit but he did mention Justin Fields do you think the Raiders would be better off trading for Fields or drafting a rookie quarterback in this year's draft oh man oh, that, it really depends on which quarterback you're trying to draft in this in this draft obviously they're not going to be able to get high enough to get a, uh, a Drake May or a Caleb Williams or anybody like that, but who knows? I, me personally, I like Michael Penix. Maybe somebody thinks I'm out to lunch. Maybe somebody thinks I'm crazy. I like Michael Penix. I think he throws the best ball out of everybody in college football last season and coming into this draft. Uh, for me, I think that if you're going to trade for a Justin Fields, you got to have a plan in place. Obviously, you got a stud receiver with the Devonta Adams. He can get the ball to. We all know that, but. I think there needs to be a system in place and you have to know exactly what it is you plan to do with a Justin Fields. Do you want to have him running a lot? Do you want to try to do the RPO? Do you want to try to simply sit back there and have him read the defense where he can now hand it off, throw it, things like that? You have to define what exactly you want from him. It seemed in Chicago, the offensive line wasn't really that good. Yeah, he had a DJ Moore, but he really, he really was at a deficit with playmakers around him. So. I think you have to identify exactly what you want out of this guy if you're going to go trade for him versus drafting one of these young guys in the uh, in the upcoming draft. Stanford out, the former Oakland Raider, is with Cofield and company. I have to go back to the second part of that rejoiner with the Mahomes rules. What <laughs> my, well, what Mike Greenberg suggested that Roger Goodell call up the Raiders and threaten them to me calls in because he. Calls because into question the want a second. Yeah, no, he doesn't want a second I, I, coming of bounty gate or something. I, I I understand that, but I don't think that's his position, and I certainly am not comfortable with him threatening the Raiders with I'm going to use the officials to punish you guys. Um, if I'm Mark Davis and he doesn't like Goodell already and the NFL and what he feels <laughs> like they've done to him, I'm not picking up the phone. And I frankly, I mean, I I'm like I'm so anti-establishment now. If there were a bevy of flags in a Raiders Mahomes game because they were playing physical against him and it like it looked clear like Goodell had sent a message, I'd walk off the field. I'll forfeit the game. Yeah, I mean this is it's over the line for football. You can't police physicality and attitude. And if what if the bottom line here is he shouldn't have said it, Pierce, okay. Maybe he shouldn't have said it. But I want my team to have that mentality that they're going to kick the crap out of Pat Mahomes at any opportunity. And I don't want to hear, oh, the officials are going to get after you. That is outrageous. Well, uh, Steve, you say that you can't police or govern uh, physicality in the NFL. Uh, they damn sure did that. 
So uh, I know, but it, but it, but it, the, the suggestion was <laughs> the suggestion was we're going to single out a team and we're going to use our officials to punish you if we deem what you're doing to be too physical. I mean that's that's uh, silly. They did that. Why watch the games? They literally did that to the New Orleans Saints. They did that to Greg Williams, and they did that to Sean Payton. Now, obviously, that's different. Yeah. That was Bounty Gate. But my point is, there are several hits from the old-school Raiders, you know, Jack yeah. Tatum and Lester Hayes, that you would be kicked out of the league for now if you were to hit somebody like that. So as far as the NFL can't police, they can't govern, they can't regulate physicality, yes, they did that several years ago. Uh, obviously, with everything coming down to C uh, CTE, brain disease, things like that, just wanting more safety throughout uh, throughout the league amongst players. Um, I'm right there with you. I, I don't think that it needed that type of possible response, what Greenberg alluded to. I get it. I just think that for Greenberg, and when you think about Roger Goodell, he's the commissioner of the league. He's always worried about what the bottom line. He's worried about what the brand. Let's go ahead and just call it what it is right here, right now. If somehow, some way, let me knock on wood as I'm saying this. If somehow, some way, Pat Mahomes was to get injured the first game of the season. I don't even know who the Chiefs played the first game of the season. Don't know, don't care. But that's going to put somewhat of a damper on the remainder of the season because he's now the face of the NFL, much like Tom Brady. We remember back in 2008, he comes out first game of the season against the Chiefs, tears his ACL. Tom Brady is out for the season. It changes everything. So Roger Goodell wants to make sure that he has the face of the NFL. He has the star players. He wants to make sure that they are available to play. They are there every Sunday. Maybe if they miss one or two games, that is what it is. But he wants to make sure that he has his top-notch guys there as the face of the NFL because Roger Goodell is worried about what? The almighty dollar at the bottom line. So I see where Greenberg is coming from with hat with with what he said i see it don't agree with it think it's a little bit you know of a knee-jerk reaction but i definitely see the angle that he's looking at it from Stanford route is with cofield and company we're live here at circle las vegas let's close out on this one this is one of the more ridiculous notes i've seen in a long time so with the eagles i think the eagles should have moved on from nick sirianni he's shown bad signs of being immature being a guy who has an out-of-control temper did you see the story that came down the other day that that guy, Big Dom, who yes. you know got kicked off the sidelines because he was acting like a jackass, getting involved with players, apparently he's a really big deal for Nick Sirianni as like his emotional support big guy because I guess he keeps Sirianni in line. And this is a real storyline. If Nick Sirianni needs some big fella standing next to him going, calm down, Nick, calm down, Nick, please get Bill Belichick on the phone right now. Yeah, I saw that the other day, and I thought, what the hell am I reading? Because if you, as a head coach, need another grown man to keep your emotions in check, I mean, what's the difference between you and a petulant child? Yep. So I, I was hoping that I was just reading that wrong. I was hoping that, okay, you know what, maybe somebody – is just out to get Nick Sirianni, and they're just completely trying to slander his his character. But yeah, if there's any validity to that, and the simple fact that after the season, I don't think you could find many Eagles fans 
that did not want Sirianni fired. And to go ahead and to add insult to injury, they kept Sirianni and then had him fire both coordinators. Yeah, to me, that was uh, something that was a little backwards. But I think it, I think it remains to be seen exactly the entire fallout of this saga going on out there in Philadelphia. And I think just stay tuned because you're going to see some more heads roll. And I think you're going to see some more stories come trickling out of that locker room. All right, Stanford, we appreciate it. Thanks for the time today. Thanks for being flexible. We'll talk to you next week. Man, you guys be good. Y'all be safe out there. Talk to you next week. There he is. Oh, we'll be safe. We're at Stadium Swim. We got our own support crew here, our own security crew here, except they're not emotional support security. I This is one of those stories I see, and I'm like, eh, maybe this is Philly in the offseason. Um hyping up something a little bit too much. It was picked up by the New York Post, and their headline was, Eagles Nick Sirianni spiraled out of control after Big Dom DeSandro's suspension. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. We'll come back. we got to address this uh, suggestion by some that saying the Mahomes rules is a bad thing and the Raiders better get in line or else. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I lied going out to last break. I will not address the Mahomes rules again today. I'm not going to be trolled into exploding over what Get Up said this morning go in the bag (laughs) sounded very bossy sorry i was annoyed that i even got that worked up but uh yeah if the league is gonna slam down on the raiders i'm ready for a fight on this one you know i just got a text from our buddy caleb herring who uh, actually, it wasn't just got a text. It was an hour ago. He reminded me of something that I think is really big news, and it'll go under the radar today until next year when this guy is averaging uh, 65 yards a punt. Demond, did you see Matt Ariza from San Diego State signed with the friggin' Chiefs? I did see that, Steve. Here we go. Here we go. For me, are you upset that the Chiefs signed him? Nope. I'm upset that the rest of the league is afraid to sign the guy and let him land in Kansas City where, you know, in a lot of ways, Kansas City's like the new, uh, you know, sort of a replication in some ways of Al Davis Raiders. Like, yeah, we'll take a guy who's got a rep problem. We'll rehab it. We'll take the hit. Because you can do that when you have Andy Reid. What, are you going to pound Andy Reid? Oh, let's drag Andy Reid over the coals for signing Matt Ariza, who never did have any charges filed against him. Well, Steve, from the, from what do you mean the the uh, Al Al Davis Raiders? I think that they're the opposite. They can afford to take the hit because their image is so squeaky clean. That's a good point. I it's, think it got to a point where Al Davis was almost having fun with the media, like we're going to take whoever we want, and shut the hell up. Yeah, I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are some renegades. It's just that, oh man, another smart move by Andy Reid when it comes to on the football field, and for those people out there that say he's giving a kid a second chance. And for people who don't know Matt Ariza, punter at San Diego State, nicknamed the punt god. He's, he's ridiculous. In college, he I've never seen a punter control games. 
like he did. Well, he got embroiled in allegations of sexual assault and really serious stuff beyond that, and it went through the system. He, I'm not going to say he was absolved. I'm not going to say he was not guilty because I don't know. They just didn't have enough to file charges and move forward with him. And if an NFL team wants to sign him, there's really nothing the league can do. And if uh, this will be another one of those. If Rod does something, get the hell out of here. All right, please. You can't be judge, jury, and executioner on everything around the league. Back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We have more time than I thought. I'm happy about that. I was like, we were rushing through this, and we have, we've got time. Uh, have you seen the latest interview with Johnny Manziel? No, Steve. I only saw the clips. Johnny Manziel on Club Shay Shay. What is Club Shay Shay? That is Shannon Sharp's uh, podcast that is going viral every week. What was the most recent hit interview on social media with Shannon Sharp? Uh, Monique had a good one. Oh, is that right? I didn't see that one. Yes. Was she, was she dragging the comedy world over the coals, raking them over the coals for a lack of opportunities? I know she's complained about that in the past. Yes, she did. Yeah. And Shannon Sharp, he, it's becoming the uh, platform for comedians to air their grievances. That's why uh, I'm surprised he went back to a football player. Yeah, Cat Williams. That was, that, was, that was one. That was a good one. That was a good one. So in this case, uh, the clip that's getting out there, and it was on TMZ Sports today, uh, Manziel talks about just how his life changed once he was away from the Browns and openly admitted that he'd gone from 210 pounds to 170, lost 40 pounds, and he's like, eh, basically, yayo. Steady so died a blow. Yep. Steady died a blow is how he put it. So, Also admitted that, and looking back, Texas A&M may have effed up their upward trajectory for like the next 10 years that Manziel says his dad went to Texas A&M and said give us $3 million and he will stay. And now looking back on it, what a bargain. A bargain? He, well, I'm not saying that he didn't deserve more money, but he kind of messed up his own future as well. Uh, he so, skirted up. Yeah. yeah, he skirted up. So you can say, oh man, they didn't want to pay me, but maybe you should have just took the money because, yeah. Well, maybe it was starting to come unraveled. It was getting pretty crazy there. Or at least when you were trying to do your deals, be a little more creative and under the radar so that it wasn't becoming so public. Also, that the whole Netflix documentary that he had just last year. That was terrible. Terrible. Why yep. aren't you telling us that sto those stories on there? Yeah, just a fluff piece. Club Shay Shay got more out of him than the uh, documentary did. I'm just tired of hearing about Johnny Manziel. It was a fun run. All right. I think no, it, no, I'm not saying you, but I mean him. I got it. Why is he still a story? Because well, he's talking about doing blow and, uh, you know, wanted a school to pay him $3 million. People like that stuff. People like Shannon Sharp. You know, by, by the way, to address a question you had behind the scenes about two weeks ago, did Fox keep the wrong guy in Skip over Shannon? Do we even have to answer that? I told you at the time he was the star of the show. Skip must have some ironclad contract where he is locked in there. for. It must have been something at the beginning. They were desperate. Mm -hmm. So, hey, you know what? You, you get 15 years, and we don't get to touch anything from a control standpoint. You do whatever you want. And now they developed a star in Shannon Sharp who's now going on ESPN. Shannon Sharp is playing this brilliantly because he's now making money on traditional media, and then he's doing it on his own and probably making more money. He's immensely popular. Yeah, the nightcap is also good. 
with him and Ocho and Gilbert Arenas. You know, they alternate uh, days on who's going to be the co-host on that, too. I'll tell you what, that I'm proud of that guy. I'm jealous, man, because they are dedicated. Every time I look up at night, I'm like, damn, they showed up again. These guys are on all the freaking time. That's good stuff. It's good to see athletes super hungry when they move over to the media. Well, thanks to Stadium Swim and Circle Las Vegas for us on the show. Sorry, Damon. Uh, great spot here today. Come on down. Get into one of their uh, mania viewing deals that's going down starting in the third week of March. Book your spot now at CircleLasVegas.com. And a reminder, in two weeks, we're going to be out here at Stadium Swim, ESPN Las Vegas, a big part of a VGK viewing party with a game at Buffalo. Great job by James with the setup here. Thanks to Mike Palm for coming on from Circle Las Vegas. For Demond, it's Cofield. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow over at Treasure Island.